This morning we are launching our month-long celebration of Advent. The word Advent simply means coming or arrival. In the church, it specifically refers to the four Sundays that precede Christmas. Uh, For a thousand years now, the church has used the Advent season to celebrate the true meaning of the holiday, the coming or the arrival of God's good news of great joy, Jesus Christ, God incarnate. It's uh, The church in history has celebrated through worship, through drama, singing, scripture reading, reciting creeds, acts of charity, sharing of communion, candle lighting, silence, and many other fashions. And for the next four weeks, we're going to celebrate by employing a number of these uh, worship forms. A couple of weeks from now, on the 16th, our service will feature our children. Uh, kids delightfully pave the way will be a celebration that day. And uh, you'll be greeted by the kids at the door, and they'll be taking the offering because we want to model for our kids that, you know, they don't have to wait till they grow up to do those kinds of things as well. And then uh, we'll conclude our, our Advent series on Christmas Eve, the 24th, at 4 o'clock with a special one-hour service that features uh, kind of a reading of the Christmas story, the singing of the traditional carols, and we'll conclude with candle lighting. And in your program today, you, you each got a couple of invites. You can hand these off to family members or friends or coworkers. And if you'd like more invites to distribute, they're available at Guest Central. You can pick those up on your way out today. And they'll be at uh, the counter there for the next four weeks. Now, this morning, uh, we're going to kick things off with celebrating our one-year anniversary. It is you know, good news. Happy first birthday, Vineyard Church Peoria. That's cause for celebration. And the good news of great joy that we're celebrating today is that we actually made it. Let's pray together. Lord, we are grateful. You are good. As we just sang, you are good. And everything we have comes as a gift from you, the Father of lights, in whom there's not a hint or a shadow of flickering or wavering. Every gift comes from you, and we celebrate that today, Lord. We thank you for life. We thank you for breath. We thank you for soundness of mind. We thank you for health that allows us to gather. We thank you for the freedoms we enjoy in this country. We thank you, Lord, for the great things you've done in the last year. And it's today, Lord, with profound sense of gratefulness and humility that we just celebrate in your presence as a church family. We welcome you here. We, we bless, Lord, your presence here and, and right next door in Vineyard Kids where they're celebrating as well. And uh, God, we just say thank you in your name. Amen. Well, healthy families celebrate regularly, whether it's a birthday or anniversary, for good grades, making the honor roll, uh, graduating, at engagements and weddings, maybe a return from deployment, a raise or a promotion. You know, we celebrate Super Bowl victories and successful March Madness brackets. In American family tradition, though, the first birthday is really a pretty special milestone, isn't it? In almost all families, we celebrate big time at the first birthday. And so healthy church families celebrate as well, especially when a church plant actually makes it to their first anniversary. And church that that church families should celebrate actually has good precedent. In the Old Testament era, 
God's people, the Hebrew nation, were instructed by God, first in the Ten Commandments and then later in the Mosaic Law, that they were to set aside one special day of every seven for the purposes of celebrating the Sabbath, a day of rest. And then three times a year, they were to stop all work for a week, and they were to feast together with family and friends and their community. They were to eat and they were to drink and rest and worship and tell stories of God's goodness in their life for a whole week, three times a year. They celebrated. And to this day, the Jews really know how to throw a really great party, especially at a wedding. Now, sadly, through history, the Protestant church has largely refrained from celebration out of a fear of being worldly. Uh, the pietistic traditions, the Anabaptists, the holiness churches, and even other conservative denominations have valued sobriety and humility and propriety and decorum. And so these churches would have largely in history been opposed to any spirited celebration whatsoever. I grew up never realizing you could have fun in church. They were like, you know, a polar opposites. Fun and church didn't appear in the same sentence. But actually, I think God works powerfully in celebration. And here's why. In part, it's why there's instructions in the Bible that you're holding in your in your lap or on, on the application on your iPhone. Why instructions to praise and rejoice and give thanks appear over 500 times in the scripture. And it's not just quietly as in our heart, but rather loudly with shouts, with claps, with uh, uh, bowing down in reverence and with instruments that make a lot of noise. And maybe today even with noisemakers and party poppers. So it's a spirit of celebration that that is embedded in the in the ethos of the scripture. When we acknowledge and express how good and loving God is, our spirits are strengthened and encouraged. When God's power is enlarged, the difficulty of our current life circumstances uh, is diminished. When God's faithfulness is magnified, our doubts, our fears, and insecurities shrink. And so celebration is a good thing. The church should celebrate. And you know, friends, we're headed to a large wedding feast at the close of this age, Revelation 19. And if you're uncomfortable with spirited celebration, you may have a little trouble in the new heavens and the new earth. And so this is like training ground for us to get there. So we want to celebrate at our first anniversary. I just want to thank God that we actually made it. It's no small miracle in its own right. That's because the overwhelming majority of church plants fail. And the reasons are many and varied, and they vary by denomination. Uh, the actual statistics are somewhat difficult to measure because you don't really like to broadcast that kind of information often. But our survival is actually a collection of many small miracles of both God's power and faithfulness, kind of stacked up together. And we're going to hear a number of these stories in just a few moments. But, you know, like a life-sized Jenga game where maybe the removal of just one block could cause the whole tower to come tumbling. You know, in the last year, just one or two blows could have, like, been the death knell to us. Uh, 
There were times when we were within a whisker of the whole thing just collapsing. And it's not like, you know, we were on life support in in, in any way. But, you know, um, if a certain prayer or two hadn't been answered, if, uh, you know, the, the certain finances hadn't come by the end of the month or some other situation that God moved in in answer, that, you know, it could have been toast and we wouldn't be here today. But thankfully, in God's providence, he's called all of you uh, as our church family together. He's given us a vision of helping people follow Jesus and find the real life of his kingdom. And then he's moved miraculously in all of our lives in small and large ways in order for us to actually make this happen. Now, we fully acknowledge uh, when we came here that the Holy Spirit's been active, very active, for uh, almost 200 years in Peoria and Woodford and Tazewell and Stark and Marshall County. We, we didn't arrive bringing the kingdom. God's been at work here, and he's done many wonderful things, and there are uh, hundreds and hundreds of church families that have been well engaged in the work of the kingdom before we got here. But there's obviously a patch of ground that the vineyard gets to till that no other church can till. And lest I need to remind you, there are about 100,000 yet unchurched people in these five counties. So there's a lot of work to do, friends. Rolling up our sleeves and going to work. So upon reflection of our our first year, uh, I just want a couple of things I'd like to share. First is I'd like to say thanks. First, thanks to God uh, who, who made it all possible. I love the expressions of thanks that we find in the book of Psalms and Uh, I love this in the 107th Psalm, the first verse. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Truth be told, we don't know how we've made it to this point here today. The chronology would, would actually be a challenge. But we've made it, and we say, thank you, God. The second thing I'd like to say is thanks to all of you. I love how the Apostle Paul begins many of his letters in the New Testament, but in particular, the the words he penned to the church at Philippi, where he says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. And I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I thank God for you. And like Paul, I'm confident that the work that God has done in all of you in the last year, he's going to bring to completion on the day when Jesus comes back. And I'm grateful for that. John Wimber, who was the founder of the Vineyard Movement, said this once, and I quote, Most of us, all of our lives, have been eating from fruit trees that we didn't plant. Somebody had the foresight and was willing to plant and establish these things so that later generations would benefit, unquote. And in many ways, those of you seated here today, you've been those pioneers who were willing to plant the fruit trees from which others, Lord willing, will continue to eat from for generations here in Peoria. You've taken the risk. You've left that which is known for that which is unknown. You've left the comfort and security of that which was sure and certain for that which is unsure and uncertain. And thank you for being willing to be those people. You've invested your time, your energy, your money. You've served, you've reached out, you've helped, you've prayed, you've given. And for that, Tina and I want to say thank you. 
if Jesus tarries in his return, and we are privileged by God to remain a part of this church family for another three or five or seven or ten or twenty-five years, uh, it will be with gratefulness that we're able to look back and say, thanks to God for being a part of planting of the orchard of trees from which fruit gets picked and eaten for years to come. The third thing that I'd like to say upon reflection is just to remind us all that everything of lasting value in the kingdom starts small. Now, we've seen this in this fall as we've studied the parables of the kingdom in Matthew 13. But seeds are small, and they are mostly insignificant. They often appear dry, even dead, and lifeless. But given the right conditions, uh, we know that they have within themselves all of the DNA that's, that's needed for the plant to actually grow. And like a mustard seed, into a large plant, like a little bit of yeast that works its way through an entire batch of flour, so we will be little, we start small and, and grow large in our influence. But our small beginnings, in the last year, are how things work in the kingdom. And our small beginnings also point towards a future of slow, steady increase and and anticipating the breaking in of God's kingdom. There is a harvest coming. And so we anticipate the harvest. Now, this last Wednesday, I visited Dr. Walsh at Methodist for my annual physical right up here at the clinic on uh, Allen. You know, when you go for your annual physical, they poke and prod, and he observes and asks questions and talks to me about my family history, takes a number of measurements, my height and my weight, my blood pressure, the pulse, does some blood work, all of by which Dr. Walsh can get a general assessment of my health. Now, in a similar way, a church's health can be likewise measured in in a number of different ways, I understand that in some cases, you know, statistics are a poor indicator, but but they can at least show that we're on the right road. You know, that, that they're an indicator that that we're headed in the right direction. Certainly no guarantee of our promised future success, uh, but, but it is to say that they give a snapshot of our church's health. And so I thought uh, I'd take just a couple of moments before we hear some real life stories to share with you a few of these kinds of measurements of our overall health in the last year. We've gathered together for 52 worship services as of uh, this morning, on Sunday morning, the start of every week. Both adults and kids right next door alike experience God. They receive instruction and encouragement from the Word of God. They have opportunities to connect with Him personally and intimately through simple spirit-led worship and then receive prayer. In that time, we had 171 first-time guests, and a number of you, as those guests, actually stuck. About 60 people from our former relationships and former churches visited us, guests and friends from out of town. And numbers of you that have joined us are now serving and volunteering in our welcome team, hospitality, tech teams, vineyard kids, facility, worship, uh, outreach, and our prayer ministry team. So thank you. A little over one half of the adults in our church family meet regularly in a small group where we apply the Bible to our daily lives. We support and encourage one another. We um, pray for one another. We worship together, and then we hang out and do life. 
We've had two fresh wind events. These are evenings of extended worship and prophetic encouragement and ministry to one another. We've shared God's love in simple and practical ways with no strings attached in a lot of different ways over the last year. We gave away free water bottles at uh, on July 4th at the Glen Oak Park. We washed vin- vin- uh, vehicle windows at, at both the... Uh, the BP and Huck's gas stations. We distributed hundreds of nine volt batteries and free light bulbs in various neighborhoods throughout Peoria and Morton. We assisted Southside Mission Habitat for Humanity and joined with three other local churches in a food drive at the local Aldi's. Members of our church family served at the Susan Coleman Race for the Cure at the Sweet Tent at the Morton Pumpkin Festival. We packed 41 shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child with Samaritan's Purse. We conducted four start here, newcomer orientations. 48 people attended, 27 of those became members of our church family. Regarding training and equipping, we conducted one learning how to pray for others class. We did one Vineyard Bible Institute training course on the kingdom of God, two worship workshops, and we had five Vineyard leadership team meetings for those people who lead small groups and direct ministries. This summer, about 20 of our children experienced vineyard values and had a chance to serve others in our community through storm, serving together on a real mission. We've paid every bill on time, and we've even been privileged by God to give 5% of our income away to missions, church planning, benevolence, and outreach. And that's just a small sampling of a, a numerical way of measuring things over the last year. And it's really difficult to to grasp in a more quantitative way the actual effect that the Holy Spirit's had through all of these events and activities. But for them, we're grateful. But even more importantly than any list of statistics over the last year, what I want to celebrate is the many and varied ways that that God has broken into our lives with his kingdom, his love and his mercy, his power and his truth. Jesus has changed lives, and he's answered prayers. And really, the story of the Vineyard Church Peoria is a collection of all of our individual stories that are a much uh, 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 vital part of a much larger story, God's story of the king and his kingdom, the establishment of God's kingdom by God's Savior for God's glory. And all of our stories collect together to make a part of that larger story. And so what I'd like to do now, really, uh, for the next whatever, however long it takes, um, is uh, is just celebrate those stories and uh, just have you share them. I actually ask that you would write them down because if you just open it up, you know, Katie bar the door, who knows where that goes. But uh, we'll, we'll actually have each of you that, that have written a story, read them or tell it in your, in your words. And it, it was so great. Actually, we, we received way more stories than, than we could possibly like share in, in an hour together today. So some of the longer stories uh, we'll actually um, post first. Now, there's a section on the city, which is our online community. Uh, in the left-hand column, you scroll down to Growth tab, and you hit the Stories button. And every week, we're going to be publishing these that you hear today and others that we weren't able to read or, or share today. And if you're not active in the city, I want to encourage you to move in that direction in the next year. Make it one of your goals to log into the city and and um, and check out these stories. But I thought uh, I, I might begin by just reading a few of the rather shorter versions of some of the stories. 
And then we're going to uh, open up the floor, and Lori's going to uh, pass around the microphone. And those of you who are prepared, uh, you can read. And you don't have to, like, save your hoot and hollers, you know, for, like, the end. You can shout out any time. Party poppers can go off at any unexpected moment. You know, I, I realize that, you know, for those that are, you know, worshiping quietly, you can wear the beads. But those of you who want to blow a horn and, you know, crank it out, you can go for it. It's a party we're celebrating. So Carol Prill writes, I'm grateful for having found a church family. All those who I've met are an inspiration to me. I enjoy the small group meetings. This year has been a year of change of challenges that I know God has provided support for me by being united with vineyard people. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. This is Carol right over here. All right, there we are. Teresa Savage. Teresa, acknowledge where you are. Okay. The vineyard is a warm and welcoming place to come. It's made me feel very comfortable, and the power of Jesus' love can be seen and felt among the people. I personally feel very close to God after a service. All right. All right, there we are. Mark Egley, who runs the... uh, Soundboard in the back. Mark, wave your hand so everybody knows who you are. There you are. Mark writes, and his wife, Carrie, actually, you hardly ever see her because she's devoted as our kids team leader every week in Vineyard Kids right next door. So, yeah, hats off to Carrie as well. Mark writes, our last two years have been surprisingly smooth and blessed. It seems like a small thing to reflect uh, to reflect on through re- our relocation uh, to moves Two new jobs for Carrie, my ability to keep working, my existing job from home. We've sailed smoothly through everything. It feels like maybe God anticipated that we weren't in a place to face much uncertainty or pain. And even in his calling to Peoria, he provided a smooth path that, quote, the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Amen. That's great news. And Chris Dinkins writes, uh, is Chris here today? Right over here. Okay, that's right. There we are, Chris. Chris writes, I've enjoyed attending the Peoria Vineyard for the past year. I appreciate the low-key, no-pressure atmosphere that Ben and Tina have helped create. Being one of the walking wounded, I've needed a safe haven for healing and refocusing. Thanks for sharing, Chris. Appreciate that. Yeah. Amen. And Adam Morrison, who's now currently serving in our kids' ministry helping them prepare for our children's uh, program in a couple of weeks, writes this. Over the last two years, the jobs I've been doing have been humbling, but I've been so thankful for the opportunities to speak encouragement into my coworkers' lives. God also granted me a lot of favor with managers and coworkers, allowing me promotions often. Thankfully, I was finally granted a job as a graphic designer after two years of searching and doing whatever I could find. Hats off. There has been a great deal of God's favor on jobs and provision, and for that, we're just really grateful. All right, so at this point, I'm going to kind of let uh, Lori, where's Lori? I think we're going to kick things off with uh, with Kara. We need a microphone, though. We got it. All right, good. Let's go for it. Introduce yourselves so everybody knows who you are, uh, and then you can read your story. So, I'm Kara. In the past year, even before I knew of the workings God was doing here at the vineyard in Peoria, God was preparing this place for me and answering prayers along the way. After graduating from Iowa State this past spring, God answered my prayers concerning my unknown future and the next step in my schooling by my acceptance into a well-known and acclaimed internship at OSF, 
which moved me to Peoria in June. Further prayers were answered when I heard from the vineyard church I was attending in Iowa that a new vineyard had recently been planted in Peoria. What a welcome it was to have familiarity amongst all the newness, changes, and unknowns. As if those answered prayers weren't enough, God continued to reveal his love for me by answering another prayer that had been on my heart, providing me with a loving and Christ-centered relationship. Through a series of (laughs) interweaving events, (laughs) through a series of interweaving events with more answered prayers being revealed, God opened doors and guided my path to a God-fearing, loving, and charming gentleman. I am filled with joy and have comfort in knowing God's guiding hand was perfectly orchestrating these multiple events needed to make everything happen. Only God knows the future and the plans he has for Philip and me, but my present happiness and realization of how God is continuously interceding in my life for my good is so awesome and is reason to celebrate. Yeah. (laughs) I'm Stephanie Shin, um, and my story starts... uh, Back in January of uh, this year, uh, when my job, uh, when I was told that my job was going to be going away, uh, my position was being taken away from me, and um, I'd been there a little over eight years, and I was a little disappointed that I would have to go back to my previous position um, on the phones and take a cut in pay. Um, Everybody in that department I watched um, scramble for new jobs, start applying, and I just, I sat there and I prayed, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I just felt that he said, wait. So I did. I returned to my previous position. I struggled with it. Um, the Thursday after Easter, we were told that our call center was going to completely close as of June 11th. So I was then faced with having no job at all. Um, I, of course, was devastated. And the next day after the announcement, I felt God impress upon me to apply to all the hospitals. So I started looking there, and I got word and confirmation from my sister-in-law that that is what I was to do. Um, and I had a piece of, uh, in the situation at that point, and I had a phone interview in May, and I was told that my application would be passed along to the right people uh, for what I was suited for. The week before the closing of the center, I got a call from a manager at OSF Healthcare asking for another interview, which I scheduled for the day after the closing of my, my other job. I had another hurdle, though, because at the the job I had, they came to us the Thursday before and said, well, we're staying open until August 3rd if you'd like to stay on. So I kind of felt torn as to what to do. I decided to make my decision after my interview, and once I was done with my interview, I felt that it was time to move on. I went back over to my previous job, turned in all my stuff, and said, I'm done. And there was just a piece that I couldn't explain. Um, I started with OSF Healthcare on June 25th. Um, we were, God provided our finances. We had plenty of time saved up for my previous job for the two weeks that I was off. And we were only without health insurance for five weeks. Um, so, and I am blessed with this new job. I love it and enjoy the people I work with. And I'm very thankful for my church family that prayed with me through every step of this journey. Amen. Woo! I'm uh, Brad Shin. Uh, my wife and I recently um, had both of our cars go down. Um, the brakes went out on one. The transmission went out on the other to the tune of about three grand. Um, we were both, you know, freaking out a little bit. I told my wife that we were going to trust God and he'd be faithful. Though, even though, you know, you're feeling the stress of it, too. I mean, it's not <laughs> like you're immune to it. So that the following Sunday, um, 
we found out that the Lord through some amazing people that attend here, um, they pretty much paid for the brake repair. Um, it was amazing to see that God had already moved in the hearts of people. I even tried to not take the money, but they said, no, no, we insist the Lord is telling us to do this for you. So, um, so not only was I blown away by what they did, but I was very encouraged that the Lord, the very week that this thing happened, had already been moving for my family. And, uh, it just showed me how, how God wants to be involved in every part of our lives if we can just trust Him. Amen. That's great. Awesome story. My name is Jim Hinsold, and Lori's my wife. Uh, Lori and I are part of the second wave. We've been here almost four months now. Uh, actually, God's been working on us for probably about two years. And I would have to say when we were contemplating God's leading in transplanting our lives to Peoria from our lifelong home and uh, 26 years of a medical practice in Danville, um, it was an overwhelming thing, to say the least. Um, had a long list of obstacles that were against our moving, uh, many of which are obvious, but mostly I was just, I would say, comfortable in my rut. <laughs> just status quo, continuing on, uh, enjoying success and everything. But mir- miraculously, we began to see God answer um, and guide our steps and lead us in a path, resolving each one of the obstacles. Uh, we began to feel not only God's encouragement, but his wind at our back um, in moving through the entire transition. It has not been easy. <laughs> um, moving our, our family and uh, and our roots, uh, making the changes we've made, but we're looking forward to the great things God is planning to do in this place. I believe with all my heart that there is a harvest that God has promised for this area. Uh, as been mentioned, the 100,000 people in this five-county area that need to know the Lord in a real and powerful way. The beautiful part is that we're going to be able to take a part in that. And the only thing that's better than seeing God do those miracles and change people's lives is when you can take part and be a part of it. Hello, I'm Amy. Um, if someone had told me this time last year that I'd be celebrating the one-year anniversary of Vineyard in Peoria, I would have thought you were nuts. Um, for years, I know that God's been preparing my heart for an out-of-state move. I just never felt led anywhere and had no idea where I was going. In May, my family took a trip to Champaign for my grandfather's memorial service. When the plane landed and I stepped out onto Illinois soil, I felt at peace and I knew this is where I needed to be. I requested a transfer, and within weeks I received the call. Sorry, champagne is not available, but would you be interested in Springfield, Decatur, or Peoria? <sighs> I was disappointed, to say the least. I wanted to move back home to Champagne and felt that's where my calling was. I didn't want to just move to move. Was moving to Illinois something really coming from God? Confused and devastated, I did what any girl does. I called mom. The moment um, my mom heard Peoria, she said, Amy, maybe God is in this. Ben and Tina are in Peoria, and they just planted a vineyard there. Peoria it was. 
I will never forget my first Sunday at the vineyard. I felt an incredible sense of belonging, like I had just come home. During worship, I was moved to tears at the prospect of being exactly where God wanted me at exactly the right time. I am incredibly thankful for my new church family and look forward to the relationships I'm cultivating here. Awesome. Well, I'm Jeff Mills, and this is my wife, Amy. And uh, <clears throat> we could have written, I don't know, probably three or four or a dozen stories. Uh, so we just picked one of them here. And uh, it's written from Amy's point of view, and I was uh, selected to read it because it's actually very difficult to get through without uh, crying. So I may not do much better, so we'll, <laughs> we'll give it a shot. So Amy writes, from the, from the moment we first met, I knew that Jeff was the man I would marry. God first made his intentions known to Jeff by speaking the words, she shall bear your children to him one night almost 17 years ago at the Vineyard Church in Urbana. We started trying for a baby early in our marriage and held on to God's promise of children as the next two years of infertility unfolded. But just when we had come to terms with the possibility of never conceiving, God surprised us in 2001 with our son Nathan. Not long after, we began to look toward the fulfillment of God's promise of children. What followed were three long years of heartache and disappointment, some of the darkest days of my life. As God so often does, he took me to the very end of myself so that he could all the more show himself faithful. Just as I found peace with being a family of three, I unexpectedly and delightedly discovered we would soon be a family of four. Caden was born in 2006. A couple years later, we began to sense there was room for one more at our table, so we started trying again. After two more years with no success, Jeff received a second promise from God, I'm giving you a third. Both of us wanted so much for that to mean another child, but we wondered if we were just missing something as yet another two years passed without a baby. During this time, I began to feel like I was getting close to being done with trying to have more children as our boys grew older and more independent. Eventually, Jeff and I were on the same page and it agreed it was time to permanently close the childbearing chapter of our lives. Last September, so last September, Jeff scheduled a vasectomy. That would be me. <laughs> we grieved the unfulfilled promise of a third baby, and trusted God as he led us to the procedure day, confirming that we were doing the right thing. Some people say God has a funny sense of humor, but I believe that he enjoys telling a good story about himself through our lives. Three days after Jeff's vasectomy, I took a pregnancy test and was shocked to find two lines in the results window. <laughs> So we are now expecting our third child on Memorial Day, a day we will certainly remember because God is good and he always fulfills his promises. Amen. Okay, I'm Steve Logston, and uh, Melissa and I were uh, one of the first families from Champaign to move here, and it's uh, really been exciting. We've had... Just tons of blessings from God through the whole thing. Um, things from uh, more hours at work. Uh, I was I work at Gander Mountain, and uh, 
when I first started there, hours there, I went from, uh, you know, there were some weeks where I'd have like four hours and I'm like, that doesn't really pay the bills, God. And so I was like, are you sure this is where I'm supposed to be? But, uh, it worked out now that I'm, uh, almost full time now. And they had a, a huge raise come in at the last minute. And so it was just Amen. really great. Um, through all that. Yeah. I'm definitely celebrating that one. Um, Melissa was also offered a contract, uh, job for the, uh, Peoria school district. She was uh substitute teaching and one school that she just really loved. Uh, they came approached her and said, Hey, we have a position open. Would you be interested in, in it? And she goes, yeah, I'd be interested. And they said, okay, you start Friday. <laughs> and so, uh, it was, that was kind of the interview process. And so it's just God just saying, Hey, let me open some doors for you. So it's been really great. Um, the blessings also come along with a few challenges. Uh, we, um, up and we were on a, a camping trip up in Wisconsin with some friends. And, and, uh, while we were there, I, I uh, made a trip into town to grab some supplies. And while I was standing in the parking lot of Walgreens, I watched all of the coolant fluid leak out of the bottom of my van. Uh, so I was like, Oh, that's an interesting trick, uh, trick. I didn't realize my van could do that. Um, so run to the dealer real quick and said, Oh, well, yeah, for $700, we can fix it. And I was like, great. I don't have that. And so, um, just a circus of events, nursing the van all the way home. We we're like, well, this is going to be fun. We'll see what happens. Uh, Thankfully, uh, we had been blessed with a, a second car that uh, my dad had found for us. And uh, and so we were like, well, at least Melissa can still get to work because I can walk to work for where I live. So um, we're like, well, we'll just kind of wait and see what happens. And uh, our friend, that, friends that we were camping with said, hey, by the way, I was telling somebody about what happened to you and uh, to a friend of mine, and he handed me $200 for you. So I'm, I'm sending it to you. And, and I was like, well, that's great, but $700 is a lot, far cry from that. And so uh, I took it to a local... Uh, uh, mechanic here in the area. And I just said, you know, tell me what, tell me what we can do. And he goes, okay. You know, he looks it over and, uh, thinking, you know, I have to replace everything. And he comes back to me and he goes, by the way, all you have to do is just put a little loop in there and you're done. And, uh, he fixed the coolant problem, refilled everything and an idle problem that I had been dealing with the van all for under $200. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Thanks God. So, um, I, it, it has been just great being part of uh, the ministries and things that we've been doing here and just seeing uh, God just be faithful with like the, the food drives and helping out there and the, and uh, the light bulbs and the, and the batteries and things that we give away, you know, and working with the kids and seeing them getting excited about doing the same kinds of ministries uh, with like the, the storms and the outreaches and stuff and just, you know, giving them that same sense of vineyard values of that, you know what, you don't have to wait until you're an adult to do this. You can do it too. And, and they really... You've, it's fun to see a lot of them take it to heart too, and that they've run with it in a lot of cases. So. Amen. Do you want me to read the bottom part? Um, I'll pick up where he left off. Um, I'm Melissa, and um, we're just part. We're just so grateful to be part of this praying community here. And um, I've had several things happen physically in the last year, from car accidents to injuries to poor health, and. Um, the community here on Sunday mornings or in our small group has come alongside us and prayed for me. And I have seen healing dramatically immediately at times. And I've just been really grateful for this praying and um, com- this good community here. Um, so we're thankful we're here. Uh, on a more global level with our um, church outreach, um, I'd just like to share, Ben touched on a lot of the things we've done the last year. Um We've gathered once a month to reach out to our community. 
we have seen hearts open up. Always our hearts for our community and often the hearts of the people we are trying to reach. We have gone to parks, neighborhoods, and businesses and passed out water bottles and batteries and picked up trash. We have gone to nursing homes and food pantries. Everywhere we have gone, we have tried to be Jesus' hands and feet and extend God's love in practical ways. People have been blown away by our no-strings-attached generosity. This fall at Time Change, when um, at one house, the woman teared up and said, you have no idea how much this means to me. Um, we had just given her batteries and offered to pray a blessing for her, and it meant so much to her. Many people were touched by us praying a blessing for them. At Southside Mission, we had the children play, pray for the clients. They were so touched and blessed and encouraged by their prayers. Um, our small group got together and hosted a Halloween party at Steve and I's place, and we were able to reach out and invite our neighbors in our apartment building. We had neighbors that showed up that we didn't know, and they were so thankful for this. And some couples said that they were looking for friends, and they were glad that we had done this. Um, Last year at this time, many of us passed our Christmas cookies and invites um, for our church service out to our neighbors. Many people responded with surprises and joy over receiving those cookie plates from us. So, again, you have an opportunity to do that again this year. So, um, thank you so much. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for... I've been encouraged so far so much for all the stories, and I didn't know some of those things. Yeah. So that's cool. And I was just thinking as you were speaking this morning, I, I was thinking how I don't think we have any idea how much God loves us and how mm -hmm. good he is. Yeah. You just, just don't even have a, a little bit of an idea. So I just wrote this up. Jeff, help me. <laughs> um, a few years ago, after many health issues, I, Linda, came, became connected with Bill and Lisa Quigley. <laughs> Through a ministry called Be in Health, I got their name and number and reconnected with friendship in the Lord. It's an immediate friendship. As we shared about the ministry, I heard Bill mention the vineyard several times. It got my attention, and when I looked up vineyard online, I thought it sounded good. It was then that I um, saw coming in the fall, Peoria Vineyard, Ben and Tina Hare. I thought, I know that name. And I said, listen to this, Randy. I was excited and emailed Ben and Tina about this new church. I enjoyed emailing back and forth, thanking the Lord we could be part of this new work. Over this last year, the Lord has brought us new revelations, more healing to Linda and body, soul, and spirit. That's me. And more peace in our family. A marriage retreat in September with Be in Health was a highlight. Also during last year, our son Jeff was in the process of transferring schools, and God had been stirring some things in him as he observed what I had been learning and Discussing with him, rather unexpectedly, he felt led to abandon the previous plans and instead pursue something closer to his passions. About the same time, he made the decision to go to the Vineyard Leadership Institute in Ohio. The Peoria Church plant team was getting the ball rolling. While there, he was able to receive excellent teaching and training. He even had the opportunity to attend a specialized recording school and be able to live with his uncle, which was a good and special time. This past year has definitely been the most exciting, formative year of his life. The vineyard here in Peoria gave Jeff sort of a home base, and the personal support and encouragement and friendship from the church has been such a gift. 
He wanted me to tell you, Ben, thank you for the time and energy you have been spending investing in my life. More than you probably realize, God has spoken to me through you and your dedication to life in the kingdom. We as a family appreciate the time, love, and prayer Ben and Tina and the team have put in over the past year with the building, kids, and all. It's really a blessing to be with all of you as we grow together and share in our God. All right. I am Carrie. Uh, one of our first Sundays in this building, uh, before our official launch weekend, uh, we were all praying in a circle together and Ben spoke, uh, a word over me, telling me that he had a picture of me as a newly hatched chick, uh, fluffing out his wings. And that was also the first sign I had ever heard him talking about the vineyards, everyone plays motto. Uh, and it didn't matter who, who you were, everybody plays in the vineyard. And that was like a wake-up call for me. Uh, I had always been the one in the background. Uh, Chad's wife was who I was known as. Uh, never <laughs> believing I was good enough at anything to be able to be of any use in the church. So hearing Ben's word over me and hearing his message that night, I knew it was time to not just be Chad's wife anymore. It, it was that um, I was someone that God could actually use. Uh, and I thought for a long time about being on the worship team with uh, Jeff and Amy. It took probably a month before I even mentioned it to Chad, and his response was that, I, of course, I should go for it. And it took even longer for me to get the courage to ask Amy about it, <laughs> um, but I was so glad I did because I just love doing it. Um, and I just view it as an honor to be able to lead the church in such a personal time with God. Uh, another first came for me with Vineyard um, came at Easter when Ben asked uh, the whole church to fast something for 40 days. And I had never truly fasted before. Um, so I decided to try it. And I also decided to pray for Chad to find a job in that time. And I have to admit, I was shocked when God actually answered up my prayers. Uh, the longer we're at Vineyard, I am more honored uh, to be serving under such great leaders as Ben and Tina. Um, before Chad's first surgery on his eye over a month ago, um, Ben took time out to come to our house to actually pray with us because Chad couldn't drive. So Ben came to us and prayed with us and talked to us. And uh, Tina also sought me out recently uh, after finding out that we had had a miscarriage and also um, had other women in the church come and pray and talk with me. And it was just so encouraging. And I'm so glad this is the church that God has brought us to. And this is where we get to serve. Hang on, this is a good one. I don't think so. Uh, I'm, I'm Denny Johnston. This is my wife, Sharon. and uh, We own a small company that does consumer trade shows. And I'm not sure if you know what consumer trade shows are, but if you have ever gone to the Civic Center and seen a home and garden show or the RV show, stuff like that. We've been coming to the vineyard since, I think, May. And... Uh, you produce an RV show, how much how much fun it is in this uh, wonderful economy that we've had. Um, uh, you know, uh, first thing that goes are the toys. And they, uh, about probably August, I started falling into a, a really deep depression, probably the worst one I've, I've had since I was in the service. The um, 
I, I couldn't do anything right. I mean, and the devil was just romping through my head. He just had had his way with me. He uh, he was telling me I was too old, I was too fat, I was too ugly, and and I kept saying yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and and by the time he got done with me, I was just literally disastered. I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, the company has produced a, a, a fairly nice income for me and my wife. And here I am after 30 years thinking, I'm going to lose this thing. I'm going to go bankrupt. What a failure I am. So anyway, it came to the point that I, you know, I've talked about it. I've heard Ben talk about it. I've heard other people speak about literally throwing yourself at the foot of Jesus. And that's what I did. I said, Jesus, help me. I can't do this anymore. I don't know which way to turn. Now, at the same time this happened, our granddaughter, our youngest granddaughter, Mallory, was faced with major surgery on top of all of this other stress we were going through. The surgery, you have to understand, Mallory is six years old. Uh, she's a, a miracle baby. She had three major heart surgeries before she was one. So any form of surgery was going to be a major deal. And certainly this one was going to be the way it was explained to us at that time was it was going to be very invasive for our little six year old. Anyway, make a long story short, I um bring the good news to you. So I threw my myself on Jesus' footsteps and the next Sunday we while we were here, we walked up for prayers. And I'm here to tell you folks Prayer teams work. Prayer to the Lord. Work. And when you sit there in your chair and you're afraid to get up and go up and ask for prayers, you're wrong because you need to get up and go up and ask for prayer. Because all of a sudden, the following Tuesday, the following Tuesday, all of a sudden, I, I can't even explain to you. I just had this voice that came across me and said, Hey, Denny, don't worry about it. It's all going to be okay. Well, my wife came home from her job, and I told her, don't worry about it. Mallory's going to be fine. The company's going to be fine. I'm going to have this company, this company, and this company come in. I gave her the specific order that I had been told by the voices, by the voice in my head. And within 10 days, in that very precise order, those companies joined into the show, which made the company solvent again. And also, we got news that Mallory's surgery was not going to be uh, as evasive as they once thought. So, when you finally, when you, when you finally look at it yourself and you go, you know what? These troubles are are this mountain is too high for me to climb. Ask the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will come and help you. And through prayer, I'm I'm a hundred percent believer. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, my name is Stephanie Corey, and my story is pretty short. But this year has been really been a season of hardship for me, so it's hard to decide what to write. But 
Um, we've had many struggles with my stepdaughter as well as my oldest daughter. Serena points out, not her. Yeah. Um, but what God has really done is just through his church and his people is to just constantly remind me that even through all that, that he's with me. He's with me through every problem, every day of rain and every day of sunshine. Um, and learning the concepts that Ben has been teaching about, um, living in the already, but the not yet has really helped me put things in perspective. And this past year, what I'm most grateful for is that God has been faithful to provide me with new friendships and prayer partners, um, people that are willing to listen to me, speak truth into my life. And I couldn't have made it through some of the things this year without those people. And the gift of friendship is really something I've been longing for since moving here um, a few years ago. And it means uh, so much to me to be able to make these new connections here. I hope as we're going through the stories that you're recognizing some of the big themes because there are several um, as far as leaning on support and getting prayer. It's interesting to see how that's woven through everyone's stories. There's a couple of people who couldn't be here today, and so I wanted to go ahead and read theirs. One is Rachel Moser, and her husband Mark is at the back, and he's going to stand up even though he threatens me, but he won't read. Okay, Mark's or Rachel's story. One year ago, we had just come through an amazing season of seeing God provide for us as we moved to Peoria. We had only one more step to go. Mark needed a job. We had moved while he was temporarily able to work remotely from his previous job in Champaign, but that had ended in October. I was enjoying working full-time in a local doctor's office, and we were confident that God would provide the next step for Mark. As the months passed, Mark was unable to find a job that matched the career direction that he desired. All of our needs were being met, but we struggled with the uncertainty of the future and the difficult decision of following the career path versus getting any job that would pay the bills. During this rocky time, we received encouragement and prayer from our small group week after week. In the spring, Mark had a couple of promising job opportunities, but none came to fruition. Finally, in May, Mark began the interview process at a local ad agency, and after what seemed an impossible miscommunication, they offered him a position. At this point, we made the difficult decision to be two full-time working parents with our three daughters needing after-school care. We planned to build back up the amount in our savings that we had lived on for the past seven months. However, an hour after Mark accepted the job offer, my job crumbled beneath my feet. Even though I could have continued working, I felt that the mental and emotional cost of working had increased beyond what it was worth to our family. So on that day, we decided to continue as a one-income family and to trust God to continue providing for us. We are now certain that God had used my job to provide for us only while he was working on the perfect opportunity for Mark. Mark's job has turned out to be great, but it also requires occasional overtime to meet deadlines. Because of these busy seasons, it has been a huge blessing to have the flexibility of me staying home. And one more, Tanya Schrock. She has no representative members here, but her husband is the one who does, Lamar does the prayer ministry, close at the end of the service quite often. So here's her story. In June of 2010, Lamar and I decided to move to Morton to help with the Peoria Vineyard Church plant. And that meant leaving the security of my hometown, friends, and family. It also meant that Lamar needed to get a new job. 
He had been in his current job for eight years, and it was a secure position, so it was hard to think about him having to go out and look for another job. Well, it turned out that he was able to stay at his job, but his position would just change a bit and include traveling. I didn't love the idea of him being gone overnight, but I thought I could handle it. He started the new position in November, and in the beginning, everything went really well. We made the move in March of 2011, and after that, when he would have to be gone overnight, it all went downhill. I remember one of the first times that he left, I was sitting on my couch at 2 a.m., curled up in a ball, just sobbing. The anxiety and fear that I felt was so crippling. I did stay by myself a couple times after that, but I was never able to sleep. If I did sleep, it would be for two to three hours. I had my sister and some other people come and stay with me any time after that when he was gone. And every time he would leave the day or the night before, and the night before, I would cry pretty much the whole time. We would pray together, but it just didn't seem to really help. The anxiety and fear was just so overwhelming, and I don't really think that Lamar and I knew how to handle it. Lamar would call home, and I would just be a mess of tears. I could never explain exactly how I felt or what was going on in my mind. In July, we found out that we were expecting our third child, and at that point, we both knew that something had to be done. We met with Ben and Tina, and we shared, well, me more than Lamar, what was going on and how I was feeling. As we were praying, the Holy Spirit revealed the root of the issue, and God supernaturally healed me from my fear and anxiety. I'm not saying that I don't ever struggle with it when Lamar is traveling, but when I feel the fear and anxiety coming on, I sit and pray about it. And God takes it away. He reminds me that he healed me from that, and it's just Satan coming in to try to bring me down. I'm so thankful for a healing God and to have a church family that is there to pray with me and support me whenever I need it. Yeah, that's cause for celebration, right? Woo! Yeah, that's good. That's like the night, the the morning after pictures, you know? Hey, just a special thanks to to Lori for coordinating all the stories, and uh, it's been great. And we have lots more, actually, that we could spend another hour together with. But, you know, uh, it's just so powerful to hear that the story of the Vineyard Church of Peoria is, is a collection of all of your stories. And, uh, wow. You know, I'm just excited that you know, we'll have uh, the next year to anticipate the good things that God is going to do, the breaking in among us, the good news of great joy yet for another year. At this point, we do uh, continue worship by receiving our offering. Never want to forget an opportunity to give to God. Those of you who are guests don't need to feel any obligation to participate. Those of you who are regular should. 